Welcome to the Roxborough Church Podcast. For more resources and information, visit RoxboroughChurch.org. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Isaiah collecting offering, we're going to have a reading out of the book of Luke, chapter 19, verse 20 through 20 through 41. Verse 28 through 41. And it reads... After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethsanage and Bethany, at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you. As you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you why are you untying it, say, The Lord has need of it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owner asked them, Why are you untying the colt? They replied, The Lord has need of it. They brought it to Jesus through their clothes on the colt and put Jesus on it. As he went along, the people spread their cloaks on the ground, on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully praising God in a loud voice and for all the miracles that they have seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it. Jesus drew near and saw the city, he wept over it. Unlike Jesus in our passage this morning, I do not weep well. My confession isn't meant to be a badge of honor or bestow upon anyone a burden of shame. The fact is, for far too many years, my ability to, to weep, be it privately or publicly, was limited to the only experience I could think of when I was younger was my last college basketball game. I was a baller back then, about 30 pounds ago. I was a baller back then. And it was the last game, and, and, you know, and I lost. I was a senior, and, and, and all, all my dreams had ended, and, and, and I was dating this young lady named Rosalie who would eventually become my wife. And, and after I got to shower and went out, and, and she saw me, I just started bawling and crying and weeping because it was all over. I was so embarrassed because I had never weeped or cried or any in front of my girlfriend over a year and, and, and so I thought she was going to leave me after I kind of showed that side of me. 30 years later she's still with me. In fact she said after a year of dating she was happy that she saw me weep because she realized that I wasn't a robot. <laughs> I don't weep well. 
I've gotten a little better as I've had children and, and seen the birth of my children. There's a mix of tears and uh, tears of joy, but there's also fear. Like, are they going to really let me leave here with this baby? <laughs> the passing of my father brought tears to me. And when I was pastoring for 20 years at Oxford Circle Mennonite Church, there was, there was joy, but there was also sorrow. There was funerals. There were miscarriages. There were stresses in life. Also, on a lighter note, as it relates to weeping and crying, <laughs> that first five minutes of the movie Up gets me every time. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. And then for those of us who are like sports movie Rudy, at the end of Rudy, that movie Rudy, I'm, 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 I'm blinking my eyes, but the tears, the tears come. Seriously, though, however the fact remains, I do not weep well, but I do not believe I am alone. In fact, it has been said that there are two things not allowed in the modern-day church, dancing and weeping. Author Henry Nowen puts it this way, we tend to stay away from mourning and dancing, too afraid to cry, too shy to dance. As a result, we become narrow-minded complainers, avoiding pain and also true human joy. While we live in a world subject to the evil one, we belong to God. Amen? So let us mourn, he writes, and let us dance. Because, of the, because the fact is, early on in the biblical narrative, we see this dancing and mourning. In fact, Ecclesiastes 3 says, there's a time for everything uh, and a season for every activity under heaven. Down in verse 3 of, of Ecclesiastes 3 says, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. Don't worry, I'm not going to dance this morning. <laughs> oh, I know I would beat you, Pastor Ray. <laughs> I grew up in the 80s on the heels of the disco era of the 70s, so I know I got you. I know I got you. <laughs> Yet the fact remains, mourning in and outside of the church, most of us, myself included, we're self-conscious, we are uncomfortable, we are even ashamed when we feel that we are, quote, losing control over our emotions, or at least the emotion of sorrow or lament that leads to weeping. Yet this morning, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, in our text this morning, in the public, for all the world to see, quite possibly his largest crowd ever, we read in the midst of all the palms waving and all the excitement, all the joy, we read in verse 41, and when he, Jesus, drew near and saw the city, he, what? He wept over it. In the midst of a party, his party. In the midst of a massive crowd, Jesus weeps for the city, the city of Jerusalem. Apparently, Jesus didn't get the memo that there are only two things that, or there are two things that are not allowed in church, the dancing and the weeping, because he wept. In fact, he said, as it relates to the dance, he said, I tell you, if they, the crowd, keep quiet, he said, what? The stones will cry out. A little background. Earlier in the verses of there in Luke 19, it's early in the Passover and what we call the day, the Passion Week, and, and our Lord Jesus is coming upon the great city of Jerusalem. The, the crowd um, has to be increasing since 
beginning in Bethany, and it's about a two-mile walk, I'm told, uh, from Jerusalem. And so the crowd is growing and growing. And then in verse 36, it says, as he, Jesus, went along, people began to spread their cloaks on the road, which is not normal for, for a common person, maybe for a king, but well, which he was the king, but he was, he was still not the king as it relates to the king of, of Jerusalem. But they were spreading the cloak in honor of him of being the king, the Messiah. And so he comes near the place, it says in uh, verse 37, where the road goes to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of the disciples began to joyfully to praise God in loud voices. They were like, they were like uh, uh, I've been called a Minocostal, which is a, a mix of a Mennonite and a Pentecostal. <laughs> There's not a denomination. I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. But they began in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. And then verse 38, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. And they shout, Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. There's this celebratory gathering, this celebratory things happening. It's a, an incredible time. And at the apex of this joyful celebration for Jesus, and as the city of Jerusalem is on the horizon, how does Jesus respond? He surprisingly is moved to tears. Doesn't Jesus know that just like there is no crying in baseball, there is surely no crying at a parade? My theme this morning, my brothers and sisters, is that free, uh, Jesus didn't allow the palms to get in his way as he wept for the city. And we can't allow the palms of Palm Sunday to get in the way of us taking time to weep for our city, for our community. Jesus recognized that there is a season, that there is an appropriate time to weep, to mourn. Some of you there are perhaps are saying, some of you out there perhaps are saying, well, Pastor, how do you know perhaps the, the weeping in the, in the text could be, it could be tears of joy, Right? You know, anybody's been at something that's really joyful, it all, that emotion also brings tears of joy. You know, and honestly, I have to say, that would make more sense in the context of the Palm Sunday celebration. Perhaps our Lord Jesus was overwhelmed by the outpouring response of thousands upon thousands. And, and again, similar to a wedding or the birth of a child or the baptism that you guys will be experienced uh, or the loved one for some of us next month or in June or so where, where someone graduates, you, you literally cry, what, tears of, of joy. Unfortunately, we know from the words that follow verse 41, <laughs> these are not tears of joy. Rather, they are tears of lament expressed by Jesus towards the city of Jerusalem. It says in verse 42, if you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it's hidden from your eyes. These are words more of pent-up sorrow. And we know that this is not the first time in the gospel narratives that Jesus wept or, or cried out in lament towards the city of Jerusalem. There are at least two other occasions that I could find. First in Luke 13, Jesus laments over the city arriving there, and he says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those who sent you, how often I have longed to gather your children as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you're not willing. Also in Matthew 23, Jesus preached in Jerusalem just a few days before he was crucified. And, and, and at the conclusion, verses 37 and 39, he almost says and echoes the same exact words from Luke 13. 
But what sets our passage in Luke 19.41 apart from the other two is that it is the direct use of the word wept. You see it there. To describe the emotional uh, condition of Jesus in both Luke 13 and Matthew 23, it is implied that, yeah, Jesus has a heavy heart and perhaps he, he wept or perhaps he was sad or perhaps he cried. In fact, the only other scripture we read that Jesus actually is weeping is in relation to the good friend Lazarus, right? You know, Mary and Martha, they, they, they send out a message, tell Jesus, hey, get here right away. Jesus did what my son does. He took his time. And he died. And so Jesus arrives, but he arrives in the mourners, and Mary and Martha and everyone is crying. And, 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 and the Bible says, upon seeing the mourners, upon seeing Mary and Martha, upon knowing that Lazarus had left this life and he was now in a tomb, the Bible says it was one of the few verses that I could memorize growing up. Jesus wept. But the difference of the word wept in Luke 19 and that found in John 11 is that in the original Greek language, the use of the word wept are dramatically different. In John's gospel, the word refers to shedding of tears or, or silent tears, crocodile tears, kind of like watching a movie Up Tears that kind of slide down. This is the silent weeping we have in John's Gospel 11 when Jesus wept. But in our text this morning from Luke 19, there's a different form of the word for weeping found in the original language, which means audible weeping. A, 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 in other words, a more intense form of weeping. When Jesus wept for the city of Jerusalem in our passage this morning, it was the weeping which comes from being, for, 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 it comes from something being pent up over an extended period of time. Something that had been weighing on his heart for the three years in which he was in ministry as he was going to the cross. That's something that at some point had to burst. How many have ever been there? It was at that place where the pain of sorrow is so intense, the tears are not only visible, but the flow, and you know, the, the visible from the flow, but the heart is so pierced that our voice cries out. A weeping so forceful whereby it becomes a physical activity. In fact, perhaps a more accurate translation or a modern translation of verse 41 in Luke 19 could be Jesus broke down crying. Jesus lost it, crying for the city. So the question for us to ponder this Palm Sunday morning is not just to analyze the text, but the question to ponder this Palm Sunday morning is what caused Jesus to weep over the city, the city of Jerusalem? Because ultimately, this is the question we need to wrestle with together individually, but you also as a faith community here in Roxborough, you and I, are we willing to weep for this city? Are we willing to weep for Roxborough or whatever community you are from? Does our heart, as Jesus' heart, breaks for the communities that do not know him? Before I get to that, first, why did Jesus weep for Jerusalem? Well, I believe Jesus wept over the tragedy of a lost opportunity for a people, for a community, for a city to whom he loved and had come from heaven above to save the lost opportunity, the last opportunity, that Palm Sunday, that crowd, the disciples, the Pharisees, all those assembled. He, he wept for them. 
I believe Jesus wept over the lost opportunity of the city of Jerusalem to freely receive his grace that he had offered up. The Bible says in, uh, there in, in Revelation uh, 3, it says that Jesus what, stands at the door and we often use that for individual discipleship and coming to Christ. But Jesus was talking about a church. He was talking about a community. He was saying to that community, Laodicea, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's Laodicea. <laughs> he says, come, I stand at the door and knock. I can't say the word knock without doing it. <laughs> and he says, let me in. And he had been doing that to Jerusalem and they wouldn't let him in. So he wept. And instead of receiving Jesus, they would eventually kill him by the end of the week. Jesus was weeping because he was not wanting that any should perish, right? That's what Scripture tells us. Scripture clearly says this is good and acceptable in the sight of our Savior, who will have all men and women to be saved and come, to, uh, and come unto the knowledge of truth. But ultimately, the tragedy over which I believe Jesus is weeping is the tragedy, again, of a lost opportunity. Our Savior came to the people of this city over a three-year period in which he ministered, but they would not have him. And Jesus weeps because <laughs> it didn't have to be this way. It didn't have to be this way. In my 20 years of ministry, but also back in the day when I was playing ball and, and, and even now in, uh, working for a financial faith-based institution, I have found one of the most damaging words to be assigned to a person to a community, and fits well here in describing the city of Jerusalem is the word potential. Mm. Potential. My sense is that Jesus is weeping, or Jesus' weeping is directly tied to the fact that the city of Jerusalem, the people, the church, the, the community, they had so much what? Potential. Potential. Who here have had that word potential attached to them or have seen it attached to someone or, or a community or, or a people group? It's a heavy yoke to carry. One that must be and can be given over to Jesus. And, and for the city of Jerusalem, they had so much what? Oh, come on. What? You can join me. It's going to be fun. They had so much Okay, I'm going to hang out with you guys. Over here, I'm not sure. Over, they got me, I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. <laughs> potential. <Yeah>. We, <laughs> you have so much potential over here. So much. <laughs> and you hear it in, 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 in the text I mentioned earlier from Jesus. How often I've longed to gather you, your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings and you were not willing. That's all about, there's so much Potential. So much potential. Unfulfilled potential is indeed the word you never want to hear associated with your career. <laughs> Man, that pastor <laughs> had so much. Not at this church. <laughs> the one down the street. <laughs> I'm not even looking at pastor right now. You don't want to hear that your marriage had so much You don't want to hear that Roxborough in the season that you're here had so much or Wissahickon had so much potential. 
Indeed, this is a dangerous tag to carry. And Jesus weeps because of that. The tears of Jesus are bound up in the potential of Jerusalem would never achieve. Jesus weeps because he indeed knows what's in the heart of the human condition and, and is often this unfulfilled potential. But there's a little bit more to note in this text before I land the sermon is that if you notice, if you notice how Jesus weeps for the city instead of cursing the city, he gets frustrated. <laughs> he names his deficiencies, don't get me wrong. But he doesn't curse the city. He doesn't condemn the city. He doesn't, he doesn't blame the city or, the, or inhabitants. He doesn't use, which is my favorite, sarcasm towards uh, the city or towards the community. Because he loves the community and it breaks his heart. Jesus women, uh, weeping demonstrates patience, love, and compassion. Jesus reverently pauses over the city and in plain view of everyone and he weeps even in the midst of his own party. How different Jesus is than I am. And how unlike Christ is the church often when we do not show this level of compassion, this level of empathy, this level of lament, this level of emotion, this level of heartache towards the city that we're in, towards the community that we're blessed to be in. Furthermore, Jesus is not ashamed or afraid to show his emotion in the plain view of the public, which, which amazes me. Which amaz he does not fear uh, uh, the, the reaction of those wondering why he is crying for those people, for that place. Jesus, yes, Jesus loves them and grieves over their rejection of them. And I want to be clear that Jesus had every right to curse the city. Jesus had every right to mock the city, to blame the inhabitants. He had every right to to, to leave them to their own vice, uh, vices of destruction like a Sodom and Gomorrah, but he chose not to. The city of Jerusalem, like Sodom and Gomorrah before it, and like, and like us today, rejected the love of God, rejected the, re, the widow, rejected the poor, rejected the lost, rejected the stranger, those on the margins. And Jesus wept. What about us? But thanks be to our Lord and Savior Jesus, he also had what I often frame as a grace problem. A grace problem. It's because of Jesus' grace problem enabled him to pause and weep and not curse, not blame, not discard. And in the midst of the palm waving, the singing, the shouting, the dancing and, and in the plain view of the coronation, Jesus recognizes that there is a time, an appropriate time to weep. Jesus recognized that there is a time, and that time was then and now. Perhaps you, like me, are beginning to ask, where is that spirit of Christ in me? Because how many know, just like Jesus did for the city of Jerusalem, Jesus wants his children, each of us, the church, to periodically take time to weep over our own city of Philadelphia. Our own communities, be it Roxborough, Manioc, Wissahickon, Mount Airy, 
where I'm from. Luke 19, 41, and when he, Jesus, came near, he beheld the city. He beheld the city and he wept over it. Real quick, one of the more transformational times in my time pastoring at Oxford Circle, we had been praying. <laughs> we were saying, Lord, we want more people in our church. We want the community to come. We want, you know, to, to, to touch lives and and, 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 and we often, I think, were legitimate in that. But, but at one of our times of prayer meeting, we had laid out all the cards of the visitors, and, and, and we were praying over them. And, and, and it wasn't me. It was, it was another brother. He began to weep. And I'm like, okay, that's a little bit more Pentecostal than I expected. <laughs> and he began to weep, and he began to articulate that 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 the Lord was speaking to him that our hearts were not in the right place. Actually, yeah, we wanted more people to come. We wanted more activities to happen, but we wanted the glory and the honor. <laughs> we wanted to be the church in Oxford Circle. We wanted to be the, the people of God in Oxford Circle so the people would come to us, not come to us in order to get to Christ or come to us so that we lead them to Christ. That is, that is Jesus lifted up, what, then the Bible says, then God will what, draw? They'll, they'll join in with you next week on Easter, I know it. <laughs> and I begin to weep because I had to be honest. I wanted to be Leonard Dow, Inc., and have my own pastor talk thing going on, and, and I, I'm, I'm not hating against that if, if any of your pastors are doing that, but, but for me, <laughs> but for me, I wanted that. And I wanted to use people as a vehicle in order to get there. I had to confess that my heart was not in the right place. So initially, I began to weep for myself, which then led me to weep, and we began to weep for our community the broken families, the public schools, those brothers on the corner who have so much and it changed our whole direction. We stopped praying in the church and we actually started praying <laughs> outside the church. And that'll jack you up. I'm sure you guys have already experienced it, but that, that messes you up as well. Jesus wept over the city because he didn't allow the palms to get in the way, and neither can we this Palm Sunday morning. At the heart of our Lord Jesus are the fruits of the Spirit, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. But as powerful they are in Jesus in the, in, the, in the gospel narrative, the Bible says those same fruits of the Spirit are within us. And as, and as a reason, we as the church are called to weep for our communities, to lament for our communities. As the church today we are to look at that Jeremiah passage and seek the peace and what? Prosperity of the city to which we are carried and happens to be here. We are to, the Bible says, we are to pray <laughs> for it. Because if it, the city, Roxborough, wherever we're at, prospers, we will too. 
Just real quick back to that story. So we start praying, Lord, help us prosper, Oxford Circle. But Lord, help Oxford Circle prosper. And please don't misunderstand me. Don't send Pastor Ray some emails saying, what is it? He was just telling us only to pray for our city and not the country and not ourselves. That's not what I'm saying. We have other sermons for that. <laughs> I'm talking about this morning. Just this morning, perhaps. It's quite appropriate to weep over ourselves in those circumstances that directly impact us. It's quite appropriate to, to weep over our country and lament over the things in the, in the points of stress in, in, in the world as well. But this morning, I, I want to encourage us to think more local. Because we dare not, we cannot limit our weeping only to the trinity of me, myself, and I. Today, we're being reminded that as people belonging to Christ, we are to lament, we are to intercede on behalf of the city in which we live. That's an invitation. That's, I mean, that's exciting to me to, <laughs> that, that we can do that in the name of Jesus. Because that's what's on God's heart. The city of Philadelphia, the city of Boston, the city of the rest of the cities around the world. Jesus wept over the city because he didn't allow the palms to get in the way. And neither can we this morning, my brothers and sisters. Amen? Amen. I'm visiting, so I'm going to do something that I didn't ask Pastor Ray for, but I only get invited once a year, so. Actually, though, I think I'm back in the fall. <laughs> What's up? No, I'm not going to do anything crazy, but I just would like to put out some things that I think we could be praying for our city right now. Uh, silence is not a sign that God is not that you are not praying or that the spirit isn't moving. But as I put out these things, if anyone wants to, to have a prayer around that specific, just one, just stand up where you're at and just, and just lift that, what I'm going to uh, say, um, topics around poverty and stuff like that. Just stand where you're at. And if there's no one, it doesn't mean it's not important. Amen? It just means that we're praying silently. <laughs> All right? All right? So we have three or four things that we're just going to lift up and, 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 and just lift it up around the city, perhaps here at Roxborough as well, in this community as well. And then I'm going to have a closing prayer and worship, and Pastor Ray will come over. So let's just go to the Lord in prayer, however that is. Put your heads down, eyes closed, or hands out. Right now I want to invite you to join me as we pray together for our city, as Jesus did, as he wept over it for Roxborough. First, just want to lift up poverty. Philadelphia has the highest rate of deep poverty of all the major cities in our country. Nearly a quarter of our people live in poverty in our city. Just want to lift that up. We could all pray, and if anyone wants to pray audibly, please do.
pray for those who, who are wrestling to know where the next comes from and how they will indeed make it, Father. God, give us eyes to see, give us, give us hearts that are compassionate, give us hands and feet that are quick to offer and to serve. God, lay a burden upon our hearts uh, for those who may be in a situation that, uh, that we're one removed from, Father. And so, yeah. Lord God, we ask in a real way, Father, that you would meet the needs of, 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 of those folks, of, of those folks around us, God, and, and that you might use us, use our church, yes. use my family, use us individually, God, use us corporately. Use the church, Big C Church. Yes. God, grow the church in your city as you reach those who are lost and who are hurting, uh, living in this day uh, with, with less than what they need. Oh, mm. Father God, uh, would you provide in a way that is abundant? Mm. Abundant. Lord, hear our prayer. We lift up the schools. Many schools are closing in underserved communities and Lift up our teachers, our, the, the communities um, in which they are, not just public, but private and, and charter schools. Just lift up our schools, and it often is a difficult place to, to, to work, but is, we need people of faith in it. Lift that up. Anyone would like to pray audibly? If not, just pray Yes. Mm. Two more. Just want to pray against the spirit of violence and death that lingers in our city. In our city, for those who may not know, annually close to over 300 persons are, are, are murdered, uh, most often handguns in our city. And we're on target again this year. So just listen, uh, prayer against the spirit of violence and the spirit of death. If anyone wants to pray out, if not, just pray silently. Yes, Lord. <laughs> Father, I pray that your spirit would, would move in our community to call those that are driven violently to walk in peace and love. Mm. I pray that you would transform them into, from angry to joy, Lord. <laughs> from the things that they have experienced in their lives and the things that they have in their lifetime that will cause them to be so aggressively angry. Father, we bind that spirit in the name of, Lord, Jesus. The name of Jesus. We rebuke the adversary, Lord. We, hmm. we call the enemy to flee. We cancel the assignments of the enemy, Father. 
we release the passion and the love of Christ. Yeah. We release the joy and the peace Thank you, Lord. that surpasses all understanding. Father, and we pray for the families that have been victims, Father. Yes. We pray that you will touch their hearts and heal their pains, Lord. We, we ask, Lord, right now that you would encourage them to not retaliate with, with anger, but to love hmm. and be driven in a way of righteousness. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we ask that you would move by your spirit even into the, the, the corner churches and the churches that hmm. are in those communities, that they will open up their doors and share the word of God and, and share the love of Christ and, and, and compel them to come to Christ and to find salvation. Thank you, Lord. Father, we know that you are able to do it. Measurably we know that you have done it. You have been the, 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 the giver of peace. You have been the one who has called wars to cease, Father. Hmm. You have been one who has taken anger. You have taken a stony heart and turned it into crusty hearts. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we know that you're able to do it, Father. So we ask that you would do it, Lord, in our city. Father, we ask that you would cause death to retreat, Lord Jesus, and bring life. Into hmm. our communities. Father, for we know that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but you said that I've come that they might have life and have yep. it more abundantly. Lord, yeah. bring That's abundant right. life. Hear our prayer. Bring, bring abundant life yes. in yes. the name of Jesus. Amen. Let them know what it's like to serve a mighty God. Yes. Thank you. Lord. And be an ever present in our lives, in yes. our communities. Yes, Lord. In Christ's name. And Lord, for those who are encouraged and have the heart to stand up and speak to these individuals when having the opportunity before the violence takes place, strengthen them with David's courage. Please, Lord. That you will speak to the giant and slay it before they even pick up the flesh. Hmm. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. And the last one, I would just lift up. Uh, pray against the spirit of division, be it race, be it class, be it ethnicity, be it pol our, our political persuasion. just want to pray against that spirit of, of division before we transition to our close. It'll be a moment of silence, but if anyone would want to briefly pray for that. Sunday message of the crowds gathering and maybe the largest crowd that Jesus had been with gathering and we we recount the story of Hosanna 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 praise you praise you praise you father God I pray that our hearts would be moved in similar fashion to be able to say praise you 
God. Hosanna. Hosanna for what you have done and what you are doing. Hosanna for where, where, you, where we've been that you have brought us out of and where you're taking us. God, we praise you. We lift you up. Save us, God. Save us. Mercy, God. Mercy. Mercy over our city, Father. Mercy over our neighbors, Father. Mercy over those that we have been praying for. God, mercy in this, those who, who, who find themselves in hopeless situations. Father, we say, Hosanna. Hosanna, Hosanna, we praise you, God. We invite you, God. Save us, God. Mercy, God. And God, I pray that we, that would just not be the prayer that is echoed in the church service, but God, I pray that that would be the prayer that is motiv that we're motivated by going forward into this week, God, that, that everywhere we step, Hosanna, Hosanna. When we stand in line at the grocery store, Hosanna, Hosanna, God, that we will be people of peace that stand amongst others, and as we stand amongst others, God, that they might know that they're in the presence of somebody who's been before the king, that somebody who's, who's, who's been before you, Jesus. And, and so we, we pray that we would be ambassadors in this world around us, God, that we'd be able to go out and say, Hosanna, God, have mercy. God, have mercy. God, see them through this situation. God, allow us to walk through what we did not think we'd be able to come through. Allow us to testify to your goodness and your faithfulness. Allow us to be able to say, God sure has and God sure will. God, for, for all the things we've been praying for, for the unity. That, that, that we just prayed for, God. God, for peace that we're praying for, in, in spite of being known as a city with a high uh, crime rate and, and a high murder rate, God, we're praying for peace over our city. For, for, for those involved in education as, as, as they try to prepare those who are going to come next, God, in, in spite of the fact that we're known as a city that has a failing school system, God, we're praying for, for peace in that situation, God. We're praying that, God, you would raise them up, God. We're praying that the students would, would indeed, would indeed find the, the, those hours of school to be a safe haven for them where they can learn and study and grow and their minds can be shaped in ways by people who are influencers. So we're praying over those influencers, God. We're praying over those teachers and administrators, God. God, we're praying that you would use them, Lord. Lord, we don't need to know their names. God, you know them. Okay, we don't have to act like we know every teacher in the city. God, you know them. And so, God, we're just praying for them, God. We're praying for them. And if there's anybody here who might be a teacher, God, we're praying for them. God, we're praying for you. We're praying for them right now, Lord. Praying that you would just use them in a mighty way, God. That they would be people who not only, not only teach, but they influence, God. And that they would influence from a place of knowing you. Oh, Father. God, we pray for those who are hurting financially. God, you didn't call us to be a broke people. And so, Lord God, I pray that you would indeed raise up uh, stewards who would handle all that you've given us well. And as a result, Father, I don't, I, Lord, I don't know what that looks like, God. I don't know if that's the Acts 2 model. Uh, God, I, I don't know if it's if it's, if it's a government system, I don't know if it's a church system, I don't know if it's just a love your neighbor system, God, but somehow I'm praying, God, that somebody who is hurting today would find hope. And that hope would come from you, but might quite tangibly come from us. God, that you might indeed lay upon your church to be a blessing to others. 
And God, we know that you, we, we've been a part of this. We know you've been doing this kind of thing for, for long before we've ever given thought to it. But, but indeed, for the last handful of years, God, you've been doing something great here in this way. And I know that these young people who are here with us today from Paulsboro, New Jersey, are, they experienced that this weekend. And they were a blessing to our city. And, and, and they came alongside of people. And they, they offered the hope of Christ. And, and God, I'm so thankful for that. I'm thankful for that gospel witness. I'm thankful for the voice of, of Pastor Leonard who travels around and teaches and preaches and, and helps people learn how to steward things well. But Father, I'm thankful, God, that you that you burdened his heart for this city. And I'm thankful, God, that he expresses his voice to call the church forward. To say, love your city well. Love your city well. Let's do that together. So Father God, as we enter into this holy week, Father, I'm praying that while we might have been silent during the sermon, I'm praying, Lord God, that we would shout loud this week. God, that we would, we would testify. God, give us something to testify about. You lay something on us that, that, you, that you allow us to see how you brought us through it. How, God, some of us are in it. And allow us to find hope that we can testify that, that yeah, I'm in it, but I see what's ahead. I see where he's taking me. Father, we're walking toward the cross. And we know that on Friday, it looks dark. But we know, God, that while the, the world waited, and the tomb indeed was, was full, that on Sunday, you resurrect. On Sunday, you come out of the grave. On Sunday, before your people again. And the same way, Lord God, from the ashes, you resurrected from the grave. God, I, I pray, Lord God, that, that your people this week, that we would walk in a place to be able to say, no matter what I step on now, I know what's ahead because my God is going to resurrect us. My God is going to call us from the dead. My God is going to give us life again. My God is going to offer us hope. My God is going to restore this situation. My God is going to cling to our marriage. My God is going to hold me through this financial crisis. My God is going to take care of me at work. My God is going to take care of my school. My God is going to take care of my neighbors. My God is going to love on our city because I believe, my God, that the Friday might be dark, but Sunday's on its way. And so, Lord God, we worship you. We say Hosanna in every situation we're in. We bless our brother who preached today, and we pray, Lord God, for a hopeful spirit. Lord God, receive this last song as a song that, that readies us. I don't even know what we're going to sing, Lord God, but, but, but receive this last song as a song that readies us and sends us, Father. And as you do that, God, might our spirits dance if our feet can't, and if our feet can, might they dance with it. Might, might, might our shout be loud, and, and, and when it can, and when it can't, might the spirit within us shout for us. Oh, Father God, Hosanna. Hosanna, Hosanna, in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to our weekly podcast. We pray it was life-giving. To find out more about us, visit our website at rocksboroughchurch.org and join us for worship on Sundays at 10.30 a.m.